Hey everybody, this is Stephanie Jacques and this is Jacques Talk, today's conversation. It is a good one. It comes from another Instagram live. This is the audio from it. So if you hear us talking back and forth or talking to somebody, it's probably somebody in the comments. So just go with the flow. This is Shelly. She works at the Recording Academy. Some people know it as the Grammys. They put on the Grammys, but they actually are an academy that does a lot of stuff for music, but we had a candid conversation about women and music, and we had it on International Women's Day. So sit back, enjoy. If you're in your car, you're just hanging out, listen to this combo. Hey, everybody. Hey. It has been a minute since we have come together and done a shock talk. Don't mind the hair. It's huge today. It's huge. Um, hopefully, well, obviously there's a lot going on in the world, but I have um, a great guest today, Shelly. Okay, I'm going to get her on and we're just going to get going right now. So give me a second. Let me on here. Oh my gosh, you're both finished up. Okay. <laughs> hey. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing? I am good. I like that picture behind you. I like. Oh gosh. I get made fun of for this all the time because I'm the country manager, but this is Avenged Sevenfold. This is rock. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but I've had it since I was like 20 years old. And yeah, I just. I just moved into this office during the pandemic and there was a hole in the wall. So I just put it up. I was like, I'll worry about decorating. You can't see my Willie Nelson and Reba and Conway all on the other <laughs> side. I promise it's there. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate it. I'm like, you can't see, I have a huge like Janet Jackson and Billie Holiday situation oh, going I on behind, which makes me very happy. I'm like, and my niece called me, thought I was Janet Jackson the other day. She saw a picture of Janet. She's like, TT. And I was like, <gasps> was favorite like, niece now. Favorite niece. I was like, top I'm of the like, list. You just, you just look at me through those eyes. Those <laughs> eyes are the, are the ones I want to be seen Don't through. Don't ever everybody. change. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, should I do more crunches? And no, I don't need to. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, that reminds I'm, me, I don't know if you watched the ice skating Olympics, but yes the couple that did to rhythm nation oh my gosh i was up dancing i was so excited i was like they're doing yes. it i just my love for janet is is pretty high is pretty pretty up there like people I mean, go who are you inspired by i'm like like it it people go you sing country but you're inspired by i'm like i know i know but janet you janet. know and even paula abdul but then paula abdul was oh. janet's choreographer so i feel like it it just makes sense yeah. You know, I had the same thing when I interviewed actually for this position. Um, they were asking me some of my favorite artists and I was rambling off of a very strange group of top artists. And I, I guess I like forgot for a second what job I was interviewing for because then my boss goes, okay, but what about country favorite artists? Then I was like, oh my God. And I was like saying like Elvis and Guns N' Roses and I was just far left, far left there. It was great. Yeah. You have to, you're like, oh, subcategory. I'm like, I like music. And then then country like there's different there's different I was like levels. all of it I like all of it that's why I didn't say it <laughs> it's okay my latest um producer asked for like um a a list of like my playlist of what I've been listening to and I sent it to him and he's like there's not a ton of country on here I'm like I know I'm like I'm working on it I'm like <laughs> I am like all my friends like Cam's on there and like Mickey I'm like I listen to my friends yeah does that, does that count <laughs> I know Which, we go who I am huge who, who I am huge fans of as well oh absolutely like, same absolutely same like Cam might be my top stream of definitely my top stream in country but like up I there. feel like I have to hold back when we talk and not fangirl like there's a few people that I have to be like I can't gush about a song that I've sung for 10 years at the top of my lungs you know like I can't I don't ever, you know, I've never told Mickey, but like, um, better than you left me. Oh God. Like that was one of my, you know, college breakup songs. Never mm -hmm. told her that. I don't say that. <laughs> I have to well, hold see, that stuff in. <laughs> I think I showed the last time I was with Kim, I feel like I showed her this video of me like doing a cover to one of her songs on like my old YouTube page, like when I was younger, oh. like, so it was really low budget, really. And I was like, I was like, look at it. <laughs> 
But, but that was so, so was, special to like, her. Like we're sitting on her porch. And I'm like, oh. So, yeah, I was a fan. Of, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, but don't listen to, like, don't look at the video quality of this. I'm like, I was a lot younger. And, you know, just trying, just trying to break in through YouTube, I guess, at that point. So, uh, and yeah, now we're both country, country, country music, which gets me to the thing. Like, what? Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you landed in the position you landed. Like, you've already said that you have other, like, musical tastes also outside of country. So how did this position, like, come to you? Yeah, so this is... It's kind of a story I love to tell, and there's a little bit about it that, like, it embarrasses me, but it's also hilarious. Um, okay. So, you know, a little bit of my background before even getting into music, working in music was, oh, gosh, I hate telling this, but I have to tell it. Um, when I was when I was really little, my mom was a line dance teacher. So my parents were from, you know, not California. Um, yeah. And so that's all we grew up listening to was country music. My mom, I mean, twenty four seven. And so she would teach it. And you're from you're from California, right? So like I'm you from know the Bay, but my yeah, my you know family the is okay. not originally Black Angus. So Black Angus yes. line dancing. <gasps> I worked with <laughs> <at> Black Angus. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> I did. That was my mom's thing growing up. Was she would go out with the girls and line dance at Black Angus. And oh my gosh! And you know that um, fifth grade, like elementary schools, um, you had to learn line dances. Oh, my mom was the teacher, so she was the one who went to the elementary school and did those line dance classes, and she tested them out on us when we were kids. And so I remember being like four or five years old, learning, you know, um, the tush push in our living room. And so when I grew up, and obviously that was like a huge part of our life growing up. And I grew up, went to college. And I started line dancing. <laughs> and so when I was in college, our bar, our Monday, Wednesday, Saturday bar was a line dance bar. And so it was just kind of like natural course of things that I took up the mantle. <laughs> I, you're making me so happy. And <laughs> it's, I'm, it's so like, it makes me laugh so hard to tell that story. Because I remember when I started at this company, um, they send emails out for new employees and they say, you know, oh, this is an interesting fact about this person. And the whole company was emailed that I was, that I used to be a line dancer. And so I was just laughing because then I've had people that come up to me and be like, can you teach me this? Can, you, can we do lessons? And I was like, oh God. I'm, <sighs> I'm only laughing because college, you line danced. College for me, I go-go danced. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, because I was like trying to do anything as far away from country as possible. So <laughs> you like, ran. <laughs> I was like, let's go, go dance. Let's do that. They do come yeah. with some good boots as well. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, the boots. But I still have my first <laughs> pairs, but so that, you know, you asked about my other musical endeavors. Yeah. What's kind of funny is when I saw this job opening, um, now I was dancing in college, but I was studying musical theater. So my degree was in okay. musical theater and, you know, flash forward to 2017 and I see this job opening and it says country and musical theater. And I think it's a typo because I'm like, there's no way, there's no way they're looking mm -hmm. for somebody who has background in both of these things. I apply and now I'm here. <laughs> so I love, I love that. And I love yeah. that. I think. I do believe like jobs find you in a lot of ways. Yes. If you let them. Yes. And if you're like paying attention, I think a lot of times we ignore those things. We're like, that's not meant. And that's like my, like, it's like we're me and camera on the same length. We're like, mm -hmm. like things just find you. Like the universe knows what's up. Yes. That. That's exactly how this was. I saw that. Cause literally I like, oh, that's how I got my, my first. Yeah. That's <laughs> how I got my first singing. Like my first real professional singing job was I went, I broke into Jay Leno. So I also broke the law. So don't do that. But Jay Leno's not around anymore. So he's not watching. I also, this is the great thing about being green and naive and young is you don't realize you're breaking rules sometimes and you don't realize like the risk of all of it. And I broke in and Joss Stone was performing and I sang the national anthem for her backstage and yes. got to work with her and do stuff. And That's I, incredible. I, I mean, still, you know, like, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Oh 
<laughs> it was just a really like random thing. But I'm like, oh, I was supposed to be there. I was supposed to be yeah. backstage at Jay yes. when Joss yes. Stone was there. And she was looking for somebody and it just kind of all lined up. And oh my gosh, that's incredible. And somebody wrote, the Academy's lucky to have you, Shelly. Yes, they oh, are. Oh, hi, Tammy. Yes, hi. they are lucky to have you. I know, you. I keep seeing comments move and I'm like, no, look, look forward, look forward. I'm going to get reacted <laughs> down here. Hi, guys. So, uh, or people. I, I shouldn't say I guys on Women's Day. Is we both, I'm a country songwriter artist mm -hmm. and we, we message a lot about country music and like the current state of the industry. Yes. And I think it's being pulled in a lot of different directions in country, like for country. There's still like lack of like women on the radio, but then, you know, you look at the Mickey, like still not playing black women on, mm -hmm. on radio. And people want to know radio does matter. Um, it matters for like nominations for a lot of award shows and Radio matters. So not being played really does affect, affect. Also, it's how a lot of songwriters make their money. So because streaming pays nothing. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> so and, yeah. Yeah. How do you see right now, like the current state of country? Like, because you're, I know how I feel about country and the business. And I get disillusioned daily. But I love country, but I get disillusioned daily. Yeah. You know, I will say being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly it. And I can't even imagine from an artist's perspective. Um, I did a, a little experiment a couple of years ago where I looked at the, um, everything that had been played on a local radio station throughout my okay. work hours, you know, eight hours a day. And I did a little spreadsheet data analysis and they played for every hundred songs, they played 10 female songs um but four of those were the same song played twice and so you know it 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 just it hit me kind of like just a Mack truck because I was like this is I live in Los Angeles I live in California you know I think I think that California tends to be you know known as more progressive known as more forward thinking and here we were listening to you know a Los Angeles based station and I was just like yeah man, this is, this is depressing. Um, you know, I would drive from Palm Springs to Los Angeles and I would, I remember coming across a random station in the middle of nowhere and the station had like a women power hour is what they called it, but they played three female songs, three women songs. And then the rest of my drive home for at least the rest of the hour was all men. It was like, they almost had to um, compensate for giving women that space. And I think that that happens a lot. That's something that happens with in a lot of different spaces is, yeah, yeah look at over here where we're lifting women. We're having a woman's moment. We're having, um, we have a woman on our label. Like it, there's so many different spaces that we could talk about in this. But I think if we're talking specifically about country radio, it's, it's really tough because it seems to be two steps forward and like five steps back. It seems like every progressive movement we make and you know what, I think part of it too is I feel really big. I have really big emotions. I get really passionate about yeah. things. I'm known for this. Um, and so it gets, yeah, it gets exhausting because it's like, am I screaming into the void? Is anybody listening? Is anybody listening to what we're saying? And especially in days like today, International Women's Day, you know, you wanna turn around the camera and say, put your money where your mouth is. What are you actually doing to back up your, you know, pretty little Instagram, uh, mm -hmm. social campaign of, of a hashtag. Like, what are you doing? Who are you playing today? Who, who's, who's being heard today in country radio across the nation? That's, that's where I get upset because people, I have people that ask about artist recommendations and they don't even realize the, first of all, the amazing amount of like female country artists there are. And then for me, I'm definitely passionate about minority country artists. And there is a ton, which is why I love Black Opry and I love oh, Hollywood so for like creating yes. that space because it wasn't like they're the weaker. It's just they weren't, people aren't getting heard and they aren't getting opportunities to get heard. When you only have like two slots on a radio station for a country artist, like it's going to go to like the Carries and the Marins and the Kelseys. Like, the amount of time Kelsey gets played and not even dissing Kelsey. No, like, of course. I'm just like, 
I need, I'm like, I just need somebody that's not blonde to be played. Like, yeah. Once. Like, we'll just, just add some variety in there. You know, and, and I, I can tell you, I was it's playing. hard because they know that those are guaranteed things. But also, a lot of times, those are a lot. Also, those artists, people don't know on the back end. It's a lot of the same songwriters, mm -hmm. which is the same team. So all that money is being funneled to the same people. And people go, you shouldn't talk about money. But y'all, we all have to eat. So <laughs> yeah. it's all being funneled the same way. So you're also not giving opportunities to new songwriters. You're also not giving opportunities to new like management teams or smaller labels or people without the same amount of budgets. Like it's all, you, people think about the artists, but there's so many behind the artists. Oh my gosh. And not it's not being... even just too, it's not even just like your music team. Cause I think of that in terms of, um, I also manage music video and something I noticed a few years ago was I have these big, strong powerhouse feminist women artists that are getting nominated for video and film. But then if I look at their slate, if I look at their producers, if I look at their directors, if I look at their, their line producers, everybody that's on their team for that video, it's so overwhelmingly male. And it's so heartbreaking because I'm like, it's not just about the artist. It's not just about putting a face saying, here's a woman. It's who is your manager? Who is doing your PR? Who is on your, you know, who's, who's running the tour crew? Who is doing your music videos? Um, I get something that hurts every time it happens is I'll get, you know, a PR email and it's the track list of new album coming out. And I see the songwriters and I count, I'll count how many women, if any women at all are on that album as a, even a songwriter. And like, that's, that's something that the, you know, the recording Academy, part of the conversation we've had for so many years is you need to be having people in the room where decisions are being made from the beginning. You can't just, yes. it's not just about who gets nominated. It's not just about making sure we have women and women of color, people of color getting nominated. It's about making sure that they get to be making those decisions, that they get to be in the room at the table on all of our committees, on, on mm -hmm. our voting membership and all aspects and advocacy and Grammy U and Music Cares because yes. the nomination is the end of the line. That's the end of the train. Yeah you have to start at the beginning. And I think that's something that I think country music needs to kind of uh, understand a little bit better is we're not just talking about the pretty face that you see, you know, on Instagram or playing on the radio. It needs to start from step one. Who's talking about the budget for this? Who's talking about the song? Like who's doing A&R? Like who's that's where you need to be having those women and people of color making those decisions and having those voices. Sorry. Well, that's where I feel like country music lacks. <laughs> country music doesn't want to deal with the soil. They always try to like prune the plants. And I'm like, yes, yes the soil yes, is so, yes. it's, it, I'm like, there's no minerals up in the soil. Like there's nothing happening here. God, what and a it's great really way disappointing. Because it. it is hard also for, let's think about like established artists, like to switch their team suddenly. There are labels that are in charge of a lot of these things. So if you don't have somebody of color or a woman at the label and you have to pick somebody from the label to work with like it's hard like for me there's there's easy moments because i'm independent so 90 percent of who i write with is women and that leaves me out of a lot of rooms but also yeah. the music i put out and the music that gets seen and the music the people i work with i respect and they're women like mm -hmm. i like working with women i do write with men and i do like two of my singles from last year that were put out um, for other artists were male artists. But I also like, I, I prioritize female rights. Right. Because I also know working on that soil, I know the plants that are gonna come out of that soil. Yes. And yes. I also think women are great writers. Mm -hmm. And I don't wanna have to pretend, like I remember when I first started, I was told I should write for men. Because if I write for men, I'll get on the radio I'll make money, it'll get a better publishing deal, all these things. And but I'm like, why do I need to write for a man to do that? I, I don't mind writing for a man. Yeah. But like, why should that be my goal? Like to purposely not write for women. And I'm a woman. Like I I don't I can't write from a male perspective half the time. So I'm like, I don't know. Like I've yeah. a woman perspective and then I just like we just switch a few words and you're like, oh, there you go. That's your song. <laughs> 
Or we ran about something completely different. Like the Drake mm -hmm. song. We just wrote about Drake. We just wrote about a man. So it's hard though. It's harder to allow myself those limited things. And it's hard to like build the team. Even right now, right now where I'm working on this new like EP that I'm doing, I'm trying to make it more musicians of color working on it. I'm trying to make it more female focused. All the songwriters on it are female. It's all female. It's like, it's just Cassidy Pope and Madeline Edwards. I love that. I know. It's just, I'm like, oh my god. When you hear these songs, folks. The power. Me oh. and Cassidy just wrote Friday. We wrote the last song for it. And it's, <sighs> I just think everybody should write with Cassidy. She's the best. She's the I mean, best. now I just want to write songs just to write with Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and she has her dogs. It's always great. Oh. I always have my niece in there. It's great. But when you look at it, I go, I also look at like who's getting cuts and who's getting things. And those teams are white male dominated teams. And all my friends that have gotten cuts, there's always one, at least one or two men on that team. Like they're the female in that group. Mm -hmm. They're the female and they've been let yes. in. Yes. They've been let into this right. Like they didn't plan the right. They've been let into the right. Mm -hmm. For people that don't know, a right is where you write the song. Like we book sessions and Nashville's very much. You book a two days and you just write a song. Oh, I do. I want to write. I write with Camille. Oh. I've not done a duet with her, but I really should do a duet with that chick. I love that chick. I love Camille Parker. I love that it just CMT, got dark in next here. Next woman country. <laughs> Um, it's it's, so it's yeah, like it's like here. It's really really must hard. be like for you. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Like it's just really hard to be somebody in this space and to yeah. fight for the things you're fighting for, realizing that it becomes competitive because there's so few slots and people are. I know people consider Nashville like a family, but it's such a dysfunctional one. It's yeah. a dysfunctional family. Well, and that's something that which is why I like. Yeah, as much as I can. <laughs> I know. I see you playing in Berkeley. I can't wait. Yes, Berkeley, uh, Freight and Salvage. Come to my area. Come to my my neck of the woods. Um, okay. Yeah, that's. I think that I think the analogy of a dysfunctional family is really dead on because mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that I was. I came into the industry really kind of naive about mm -hmm. um, about that and about you know, the bless her heart kind of uh, mentality. And I, I took people, I don't know how to say this in a very delicate way, but you know, California, like Bay Area, yeah. what you say to us is the truth. Like what you say yes. to my face is the truth. And so, you know, I was used to that. And then I think I kind of had a rude awakening working in like specifically in the Nashville country music industry and sphere was kind of realizing that there's so much that's unsaid in situations and that you kind of have to intuitively know and get used to kind of that under language that like what's going on in a room that you don't know about and you're blindly walking into. Um, and yeah, that's exactly the kind of situation in there where it's, yeah, there's, there's a space where say, well, we need a woman in this, right? Or we need a woman mm -hmm on this team and it's not a, an organic matter of like oh i want this person in here because she's an amazing writer i want this person's vocals on this because she's mm -hmm. gonna really you know like rock this and it's it's still i feel like we're still being haunted by tomato gate like so many yes. years later we can't get past it and it's so we can't ah. and even when you look at festival lineups oh my gosh remember yes. of women in a country festival lineup Y'all, they're not many. Not I'm not going to name names. If you really start there's... focusing on a country music festival lineup. Yes. And, and I would say Stagecoach might be the most women-ish. Um, maybe I don't even know anymore. This year, more than others, for sure. I would say that they really, I can see a change. I've been going to Stagecoach since it started. Um, yeah. And I, again, that was something where a couple of years ago, I started counting. I started highlighting and really noticing what was missing. Because once your eyes are open to it, you can't unsee it. And now, yeah. you know, every room I walk into, every 
uh, every lineup that's announced, not even just festivals, but just a tour, you know, and I'm, I'm looking at, okay, headliner is a really popular white guy. And all of your openers are really popular white guys. Like, and, you, and if you're you have four openers. You get like one opener opener that's yeah. not a white guy. But also, I'll go back to money. Opener openers don't get paid very well, folks. It's not where you make the money. It helps you get exposure, but that's not where the budget Yeah. Is. So you're the weakest link in the in the lineup to on budget wise. Which is sad. And I also look at like I look at award shows and I look at like we just had the ACMs. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it wasn't super racially diverse. It wasn't. And it wasn't they fed their they fed their brand, but I also look and I go, what's going on behind the scenes? Because every company has been saying, we're doing the work, we're doing the work, we're wanting to be diverse, we're wanting to expand, we're wanting to get more people of color, more women, more like like LGBTQ too, like all that stuff in our thing. And then you're like, but the whole band is white men, like people are well, like, ooh. Yeah. There's a performer, but look at the band people. Look at who they've hired. They're, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. People look at like the yes. headline, the performers. Yeah. But look at who's working, who's, there are whole teams. And yeah. like the whole stage band was white men. And it goes, I think it goes farther than that too, where we talk about, who are you hiring? Who are your producers? Who's behind the camera? I mean, literally mm -hmm. every nook and cranny of that production, you know? Yeah, it's like you had you had a, a Black woman on stage killing it, doing amazing. Killing who's it. behind her? Who's, yeah, who's in the audience? Who's, you know, and, and that's, I will say I'm really excited this year, not to toot our own horn, but I'm really excited to see how are the the rollout of our inclusion rider this year works because mm -hmm. you know i'm not i'm not heavily involved in the um production leading up to the telecast obviously you know my team does does some other things on the side but yeah. i am that was just such a wonderful announcement on our part and i'm like i can't wait to see it in action i can't wait to see how that works and then how is that going to affect other awards shows how is it going to affect other live variety shows who's going to take up that mantle because that's kind of something that we do talk about internally here is not just doing things for ourselves but trying to be a leader for the industry trying to lead by example and that that's was what really i respect yeah, and that's, I, I love the work that our DEI team did with that, with, um, you know, Valicia and Ryan. I know they put so much into the, the inclusion rider rollout. Um, mm -hmm. And and I don't, I don't know how everything moving to Vegas has affected everything. But yes. I, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here is it's, and you know, nothing's perfect yet. We're not obviously, we didn't solve a problem with one announcement. But I think that that is something that all the other shows do need to take a look at internally, look at themselves is, Who's on your board of directors? Who's mm -hmm. who's on your TV committee? Who's on your yeah, every other committee that leads up to this point? And that's yeah. exactly who's, who's in the rooms. Who's in the rooms yeah. where we make decisions? And if yes, and and I look and I ask and and I learned a lot of this from from talking to Cam. So now when I talk to certain people, I go, who was in the room? Like what? And they tell me, and I go, what was their what was the demographic? Yes, in the room. Break and it down. You don't, I'm, like, break down. They're like, oh, there was, like, some people. I'm like, what kind of people? And I get really serious. And people then say I'm, like, difficult. But I'm like, I just want to know who's who's making these decisions that are going to affect me and affect my friends and affect who I'm working with, affect the circles, affect all of this. Like, because if not, like, let me know. And I'll go into that room. Like, like or we'll find somebody. I know you can make that room right. We know people. Yeah. And also acknowledge that like, you might be like, I don't, this is what we have. Like, we don't know who to bring into this room. Okay. Let's bring some, I can tell you, I can tell you people like when people ask like how to get like more like minority session musicians, I go, we know, I know somebody that has a whole list. We There's can find list. you some great musicians. <laughs> You're not lacking talent. Yes. It's just, it's a, it's a who, you know, I can tell yep. you who to know, you know, like when I'm hiring people, 
when I'm hiring, even what I saw with um, Brittany Spencer yesterday, she was styled by the same man that styles Mickey. I'm like, yeah, like you, you pull from who you know. And, but if you didn't know those people, like if she was being styled by like a white man, but she's not, yes. she's not. I love Mickey's team. Mickey's team is, oh, there's some, it's it. beautiful. And she hires well, a lot of yeah. minorities. And she's building that, team. gets that it. team's being built. And sometimes you have to build it from the, from the ground up. And sometimes you have to say, you know, this isn't working. We're going to start over. And that happens with the Grammy. I've seen the Grammys do it. I've seen the Recording Academy do it. I've seen things. I think some people say they do it. ACMs. And they don't. The Opry needs to do some work. And they might not do the work. People can choose. But you have to be able, don't pretend you're doing the work if you're not doing the work. Don't pretend you're going to hire women if you're not going to hire women. Don't pretend you're going to start trying to be diverse if you're not going to be diverse. Like, mm. I, it's kind of how I feel about racism. Like, if you're going to be racist, I don't approve of it, but I'd rather know you're racist than, um, than like, you pretend like you're not. Try to hide it. Yeah. Which I have a lot of. There's a lyric. I am, I really hope I don't butcher her name, but there's a lyric that always sticks with me and I play this song over and over and over again. Um, but I've never said her last name out loud, so forgive me. Joy Oladokun? Oladokun? Yeah. Oh. Did I, am I close? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So her, she says, you know, um, you think you're tired trying longer than three minutes. And that lyric sticks with me every time I hear it because it's so... Yeah, as a white woman, as a cis white woman, I get tired and then I remember that line and I remember not just that line, but everybody's saying like, oh, you you posted a black square on your Instagram and now you're done. Like that's, yeah, you, you know, people of color don't get to get tired. They don't get to stop no. thinking these things. They don't get to stop walking into the rooms and, and not seeing anybody that looks like them, you know, and feeling like that. And so I love, I love, love, love that line because I feel like it just hits, it hits it to the heart so much. And I, you know, we do that in terms of every, everything that I have a finger in, I am like, I reach out to exactly that. I reach out to the people I know have those lists. I reach out to the people mm -hmm. when we're putting, yes, the other Shelly in the comments right here said bigger man. Yeah. Love that song. Um, and, you know, putting together some of my committees, I've reached out to Cam, um, who has just given me a wealth of information, all these names, everybody that she knows needs to have a voice and needs to be the one making those decisions. And then from her, I remember everybody. talking to Reese. Reese? What? Reese. Oh, I just, I love, I love, you're talking to the people you should be talking to. I'm very happy. I mean, somebody asked me that tribe. the other day. They were like, do you find, you know, your up and coming people through Instagram? Who do you, how do you find these artists or these creators that you want to be getting involved? And I was like, other people who should be involved. I'm talking to the people who are doing the work. I'm talking to the people who are boots on the ground, who know mm -hmm. more than I know and saying, hey, who am I supposed to know? Who's supposed yeah. to be in this room? Who's supposed to be making these decisions? Um, and that's exactly it. I remember before I made one of my last committees in the summer, I had a list from Cam and Reese. And, you know, and it's a lot of the people that they introduced me to. We've gotten yeah. them signed up to be members. We've gotten them refreshed if they were previous members. We have them entering music if they weren't entering music before. You know, we have them voting. And, like, that's where it starts is... I'm not afraid to say, I don't know. I'm not afraid to say, I don't know this person or I don't, I don't know enough. I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to lean on the expertise of the people who are doing more work than I am or people who did the work before me and say, okay, you know, you already did this. Let's keep that movement going, keep these people. And it's not just awards. It's, you know, the recording Academy is a, is a huge wheel with all the spokes. Yeah. And so it, it's, it really is. We're getting if awards. I was a camp counselor, Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Grammy, you, you know, you know, you know, Marin, Marin came from yeah. Grammy. You, that's one of our favorite facts. I know, love her. I'm like I always look at, I'm like, ooh, and my friend Seth Costner, he plays with Chris Young now. There's a lot yes. of like Grammy campers. Um, and I love seeing Williams, it full circle too. 
Um, I think Hunter Hunter Hayes was like involved and I know he did some Grammy camp or Grammy youth stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and I love seeing, I love seeing it come full circle. I love seeing people start getting affiliated that way and then just start giving back and, you know, doing, um, gosh, what do we do? The, 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 oh my gosh, sound checks with Grammy youth students, like the Q and A sound checks. Uh, oh my I, gosh. Love I used to go to like the Grams. I, I, I was very involved in my, in my youth. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Okay, I'm good. We're again. talking. <laughs> I got disillusioned for a moment. I got upset. I mean, you know, and that's not, you're not the first person and to say came, that. And then Cam's like, come back. And I was like, okay. Oh, I love Cam. She's you like, know, yeah. like, you should talk more. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I know. Well, it does help that's... talking to somebody like you who like listens than talking to like a wall of people that are like, why are you complaining? Why? But well, being an organization that's so big too, and being in the media is it's, and this isn't even just about us or the music industry. This is a bigger problem as a whole is people read headlines. You know, people mm -hmm. read, we have short attention spans. So we have, you know, like snippets of information here and there and people will go, oh, I remember something bad happened, you know, at some point. And it's, it's tough because all we want and like the best, the best, part of my job is this. The best part of my job is talking one-on-one -on -one with creators, is talking yeah. and saying, how can I help you? How can I be your voice? How can I be your champion? How can I, how can I make you feel good about your organization, your membership, your academy? Mm -hmm. And like, just, just putting a face to a name and saying, you know, this isn't some faceless board of 10 white men making all these decisions, which I, a lot of people think. A lot of people don't even know that the recording academy is is creators. They don't know that you have to qualify to vote and that you can't vote if you're not making the music. And yeah. so that's that's a thing too, you know, is just breaking against all of these not just preconceived notions I think about the organization, but I think also ways we used to do things that we don't do now. We have mm. changed so much in the past few years. And, you know, we've undergone so, a whole new leadership change. We've undergone a whole new motto. We've changed literally, you know, the whole, like, um, our corporate saying and everything, you know, yeah. from within it's changed. It's completely changed. And so, yeah, I think that that has been so rewarding to actually get to talk to people who said, you know, I just felt disillusioned. I felt disconnected. I let things roll off. And to say, okay, totally get you. I totally hear you. Tell me what you want to fix. Let's work mm -hmm. on fixing it. Let's work on actually doing it. Let's introduce you to the right people so that you can say the right things in the right faces and change what you're yeah. seeing. And I think that, you know, we're starting to see that and people are starting to see that that's an avenue for them here and, you know, getting involved in other ways. Uh, like we had, oh my gosh, Ingrid, Ingrid Andres, love her to death. Love her. Angel baby. Uh, she, she was... Um, part of our women uh, international women's day conversation today with our director of social media and i loved seeing you know her pipeline going from uh she came and did gosh i went to a showcase of hers and then we connected her with our industry relations team had her come into the office and you know we have artist showcases in the office pre-pandemic mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And having the whole company, one of my favorite things is bringing country artists in and having the whole company see a country artist and saying, hey, look, we're great. I'll be there <laughs> in a few minutes. Just, just Come on. <laughs> we have an empty stage. Come on over. I'll come on yeah. down. Don't you worry. But that's my biggest fear. I think the thing that hurts the most is like, I want to make sure that even if someone feels like this organization isn't for them, I want to make sure that they feel heard first that they get to have their say and that they get to try to make a change because you know at the end of the day if you go through all of that and you still don't feel like you want to engage anymore that's okay mm -hmm. we understand you know you but but it's the it's the people who just walk away and I'm like I can't change things for you I can't write proposals for you I can't vote for you like I need you to stay and fight I need you to fight not flee well that's where like somebody wrote um what made me, what, why did I decide to re-engage? And a lot of it was, I started Jock Talk. I started having these conversations openly about where I feel like we're lacking. And I had been in LA, I did a decade in LA, moved to Nashville and I just was like, I don't, first of all, I didn't even know 
I didn't even pay attention to the recording academy enough. I was like, there's not here. Like, it's fine. I really, but really Cam, Cam was like, this is what, she's like, aren't you part of that? And I was like, I was, baby. Like I was really involved, but I don't feel like they listened. And I was like, I was also younger. So I also wasn't as passionate. I also was newer in the industry. Didn't mm -hmm. know the power of my voice. But like she put me on a Zoom during the pandemic with a lot of the leadership of the Recording Academy. And they asked what I thought was wrong with it. And I told them. <laughs> and nobody yelled at me. Everybody listened. Yeah. And then like followed up with emails and talks and all sorts of things. And I was on a few Zooms. And that kind of got me to be like, okay. Like I'm, I'm down to be part of an organization that's doing the work because nobody's perfect and organizations are mm -hmm. organizations. Yes. There's so many factors, but I love the Grammys and I love what they did. And I love what I have been a part of in terms of, of Grammy camp, Grammy U in terms of when I was just starting out being able to volunteer to see a lot of shows and be there and like, just wit be in the presence of things and see how things were put together and like Grammy career day. Like I was a counselor at Grammy career day at USC, like a decade ago. I love ago. it. I know. It's like all of these things that I didn't realize how much I, I now have the experience with the knowledge, like to be like, okay, this is how you guys were doing it. I know you're doing it this, but I've been, I was here for this part. So let's like, I was there. I was there when I hadn't had a career and now I have a career. Mm -hmm. And now I can look at it from like both sides, like the mm -hmm. young person that doesn't, hasn't written or hasn't done anything. And also it's scary. It's scary for people, artists to ask questions. It's scary to walk into a room where you don't know anybody and you don't see your face. So it's like, at least be diverse for the sake of making people feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. If it's just for that, like feel comfortable. Yeah. Like if you walk into a room and you're a woman, it's all men. It's a little oh, aggressive. It is. And you notice. It's not something that is lost on you either. I think mm -hmm. that's a big part of it is it's, you know, even just in our, in our committees is in country, you know, we were, we were, we were lacking in some things um, previously. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we made changes. Um, mm -hmm. We made changes in the last few years. And just, you know, again, from a white woman's ignorant perspective, like just the way the conversation changed, the entire mm -hmm. conversation changed from one yeah. year to the next, you know, bringing in more women and women of color, people of color on that committee. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like it was night and day. And I was so impressed. And I think like at the end of two days, I was kind of in tears. I was just like really impressed because I was like this this is what we were missing, you know, and this is mm -hmm. what so many spaces are missing. And you don't even know that that's going to, to be the difference. It's so much more than checking off a box or yeah. hitting a number. Like, it's not about that. It's not about like, oh, well, we need, you know, we need a, a press release to have this, this number on, mm -hmm. you know, billboard. But it, it, it's so, it organically changes everything. And I think for the better, there are perspectives that you need to have. You know, I remember hearing someone talk about a song that I felt a certain way about and then hearing a woman of color say something from her perspective about it. And I was like, I never in a million years would have caught that about that mm -hmm. song. But obviously that song was written for white women. And so yeah. I related and she was like, I don't. And I was just like, wow, never in a million years would have caught that. And you needed, I needed, I needed to hear that perspective to like open my eyes. So like, oh my gosh, what else am I missing in country music? What else is being said that I'm completely exactly. going over my head? I think, I think the key is like, and what, I've, what I say and what I try to echo is like, if you don't listen to others' perspectives that you don't know where you're lacking. You know, so yeah. if you are only in a room of people that look like you, so if you're just a man and you're in a room full of white men, if you're in a room full of like all white women or like you need different people's experiences because everybody has different perceptions. Everybody digests things differently. 
And that's mm-hmm. when you can have conversation. You can figure out where you want to be. It doesn't mean yep. that everybody's going to agree. It doesn't mean that you're going to completely shift your whole narrative. But you, if you're all agreeing, like nothing changes, nothing. And also, if you're all, if you're super comfortable, it's not going to be the best work. I always say it's not a good sign. You have to be uncomfortable. You have yeah. to be uncomfortable. I put myself in spaces where I'm uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, I am. I am the minority in this room, whether it be writing, like I'm the weakest link. I know I'm the weakest link in this room, but I'm like, you know, that's how I'm going to grow. That's how I'm going to challenge myself. That's how I'm going to become better. You know, you Mm -hmm. don't grow by, by staying in the same lane. And I think what country music needs is a lot of growth. And like I say, with that soil, a lot of minerals up in that soil, like people need to work on the soil. Like don't even focus on the plants right now. Like the plants will be great if you if you take care of the soil, you're going to get some great flowers, whatever we're planting. Yeah. I like flowers, so I'm going to say flowers because, you know, that's what I like. I like I like flowers. I have, like, a ton of, like, fresh flowers around me at all times. Yeah, and that's – I feel like, you know, that country music is, is so used to being kind of risk-adverse, you know, and, and that's – you have to let go of – to stay with the flower analogy, you have to let go that you're going to have, like, prize winners every time yeah. you have to let go of this fear that like well you know you know this soil makes six foot sunflowers so you're gonna keep making those six foot sunflowers and you have no idea how to get 10 foot sunflowers you have no idea how to get 100 sunflowers like yeah. that's that's it is exactly it is everyone's you, have no you know idea how to how to grow some roses yeah i love sunflowers too but yeah, you have no idea what <laughs> else you can grow. You could grow some sunflowers and some roses and some daisies mm-hmm. and some tulips. Like you can like make a whole, whole well, situation and I think that if you care if about it. If we keep talking about country radio, I think that people need to give country listeners more credit. Like try, mm-hmm. try, just try and see, you know, people assume what country they say. Well, you know, again, with Tomato Gate, they said, well, women are the ones listening to country music and they don't want to hear women. And as a woman who listened to country music, like I was so upset. I was like, no, actually I grew up singing to Shania and Reba and the Judds. And I'm like, don't tell me who I want to hear on the radio because you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's something that we have to also let go of, leave it in the two thousands. Like let's, let's get past that, get past assuming what women want to hear, get past assuming that it's gendered by any means, you know, and that's, I just want to hear good music Yes, with different topics. Oh my gosh. When a song comes out and it's a, it's a thing that hasn't been said before. I, I don't care who's singing it. I'm just like, Ooh, that's a new way to talk about that moment. Yeah. Like, like, I like that. Like, and I want, like, before we go, I'll just say like, yes, I have no problem with like, people creating songs but like if a woman wrote a song like dirt which i'm not saying is a bad song but it's not like the most creative song in the world right i feel like the women have to write hits after hit they keep saying you're not writing the hits the hits the hits and i'm like let me tell you i can look at a lot of these males songs and I don't consider them hits. They're hits because they're getting radio play. They're hits because they're getting budgets pushed behind them. They're budgets. because of that. But they're not hits yeah. because the writing in the song is so spectacular. So why do the women have to make spectacular songs? We are. We are making spectacular songs. Oh, but, yeah. But even if we make them, you're not playing them. Yeah. So, well, and that's what we like, talk about. I look, about at, I look at Mickey. I'm like, uh, Mickey is singing at the Super Bowl and you're still not playing her on radio so if you're not playing her yeah <laughs> yes there's I mean, song dirt by florida georgia line yes you is. know and that's something too that we talked dirt. about in the past with uh casey musgraves even when she heaven forbid she said or kiss lots of girls if that's what you're into mm-hmm. and you know her songwriting is fantastic and that album was fantastic did i hear it on the radio after that nope nope She's on the cover of Time now, folks. Yeah. Every time country radio, country, like, this is a woman, like, somehow they rise to, like, magical levels. I'm always, like, I always tell Mickey, I'm like, you want to, like, have a talk show and take over the world with the amount of people in country that get mad at you. 
you're gonna like take over everything, <laughs> which she should, right? Which she should, which she should. So yeah, oh, I am so. We're gonna have to do this again because I can talk to yes. you forever. We also just need to talk I, more in general in life. Um. I mean, I'm an extrovert living through a pandemic, so anytime, anytime. <laughs> Me too. I started a talk show. I started this because I was like, I just need to talk as much as possible. I yeah, same. We'll do it. I'm an we'll artist. Do it again. Let's keep that. Yeah. Like, still can't perform half the places I want to because oh. you know, I still believe we're in a pandemic, but that's a whole nother. It's a whole nother. Topic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, while we're here, remind me again while people are also watching. Your show is. June thirtieth in the Bay Area. June thirtieth at Freight in Berkeley. Freight and it's me and Miko Marks and Lacey Palmer and Leon Timbo. It's a Black Opera show, and I'm very excited to be playing with my, I with my can't crew. Wait, I just went to that venue Saturday and saw Miko play. Yeah, it's just the sound is great, and then oh. I'm hoping to be on the November Black Opera lineup. At Troubadour, okay. I'm trying to make my schedule work as well. <gasps> Down in L.A. My, my new neck of the woods. that Troubadour. Oh, <laughs> such a fan. Such a fan. You mean I get to sit down while watching someone play? Amen. I'm there. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll be able to come up for this um, June 30th. It's going to be a great show. And I'm going to be doing yeah, so absolutely. much new music. I'm going to be playing a lot of the Miles Jean record. And so. Oh, Yes. Gosh, we have so much more to talk about. We're both in that club too that I will not name, but you know, we didn't even didn't even touch there on the the dad club. So yes. one day, one day let's explore that. Let's explore that. We're going to we're going to do that. We're yeah. gonna I'm gonna message you. I'm just gonna message you my phone number. <laughs> we're just gonna become best friends. Watch out. Watch out. I'm so this is this has been the best what day of the week is it? Wednesday? The best Tuesday night. <laughs> best Tuesday night. It's only Tuesday. You know, watch out, people. We'll just be here every night. Watch out. All week. All week. It's going to be All Tuesdays week. with Stephanie. Let's do it. Tuesday. Oh. Don't get me started. I'll just say yes, because I <laughs> just like people. I'll just be like, sure. Put on my schedule. Got it. I'm my own day today. I'm good. <laughs> I do my oh, own schedule. Well, thank schedule. you so much for having me. This has been thank so you. wonderful. And I just, yeah, I hope to stay open to learning more and listening more and just giving anybody you know anybody who wants to talk space to talk let's do it yes let's do it we'll we will get another one of these on the books i will save this to my page and thank you thank you for holding space and talking to this you know this country artist of a chick you know oh, you're going you're doing amazing behind, things. My vision board amazing things <laughs> hey we all need those we all need a vision board okay seriously everybody make a vision board it's it's the best. That'll be our next talk. We'll get together and we'll do live vision boards together. Oh, yes. Let's do <laughs> You don't, I love an extrovert. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great night and we will be talking soon. You too. Bye. Right, bye. Thank you again for listening to Jacques Talk and supporting these candid conversations. If there are any topics you want to hear about, please let me know and hit that subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and give us a share and a like on Instagram, Stephanie Jacques Music and Jacques Talk Show. Thanks.